It's time for the film crickets with Jay Fortier and Chris Martineau. Hi, hey, friends. This is Jay, um, along with my good friend, Chris Martineau, over here. We are the Film Crickets. What we do every week is we take a look at, uh, well, what we do is we randomly generate a few numbers. We generate a number between 1980 and 1999, and then we generate a random number between 1 and 50. And when we come up with those two numbers, let's say it was 1987, and I believe it was the number 7 film, yes. right? Of yes. 1987. Mm-hmm. That's the, those are the two numbers yep. we came up with, and that ended up being the movie Stakeout. Stakeout. Yes. Yeah. The John Badham, Richard Dreyfus, Emilio Estevez vehicle. John Badham, by the way, directed a previous film, War Games, that we did. And oh, let's no not kidding. forget, he also directed Saturday Night Live, uh, Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Fever. So mm-hmm. we get in two ends of the spectrum here: aged Richard Dreyfus, disco era, and Red Scare politics dead in the middle. So it was an interesting to see his scope of work. Uh, no doubt about that, but. But today, uh, but Jason, introduce yeah. our guest. <laughs> we have a special guest today. Someone, uh, it's funny, I've been Facebook friends with this guy for about five years. This is my first time actually meeting him for the, you know, in person in a way. Well, you know, on, on uh, through the internet, but I'm saying actually getting to speak with you. Uh, you know what? I'm going to, if you don't mind introducing your own, not not introducing yourself, but introducing your own yeah. uh, stuff that you do. Um, I, like, because I know you do many, many things. It'd pre- be a lot easier if you can do it. Let's introduce Ray Ozier. Is that right? Hey, you got it right. I thought you were leading up to, can you introduce yourself so oh, no. you can pronounce your last name? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, guys, thank you, uh, thank you for having me on the show. This is uh, really amazing because I love movies. Um, when I'm not doing the other things I do, I'm usually watching a movie, mm-hmm. which I don't know if it makes me a movie buff or just plain lazy. And if you ask my kids, it's probably the latter. Mm-hmm. Dad's sitting around watching movies again. <laughs> um, but I'm a, I'm a radio guy. I work at uh, MyFM 101.3 in Milford, Milford, Massachusetts. And I'm also in a few bands, so I sing on occasion. Um, I am the co-host of New England Legends podcast with Jeff Belanger. It comes out once a week wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that's a lot of fun. That's if you give us 10 or 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, we'll give you something strange to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And it's just about legends in New England. A lot of fun, a lot of uh, sound effects, uh, great storylines. And again, nice, short and concise. Uh, it's like a, you can binge it very easily. And mm-hmm. it's your ride to work with uh, and, with Jeff and Ray. And, and if and if I can, if on that app as well, there's a, is an, an application where you can go legend tripping. So you can go yes. go to those places that are you can legally get into. Some of them you need permission. Right. But um, well, that's, and that's very neat. cool. Because it's a great area. New England's a great area. And um, I, I've done some legend tri- tripping myself. So it's, it's really neat just to kind of get out there and go down the beaten path that you typically wouldn't have gone down. So for that, we appreciate it, Ray. And I endorse uh, checking out oh, the podcast and the app. It's fantastic. So Yeah, the app's brand new. And yeah, we have uh, little pin pins all over New England. And if you uh, click on one of those pins, it's going to take you to the podcast. It's going to tell you what that area is all about and what the legend is. And it gives you directions. I used it. I was heading out of town to go to um, L.A. and we drove cross country and I used it in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And there was a a bunch of uh, uh, spots there. It was so, so neat. I was getting excited about my own app. I'm like, oh, my (laughs) God, this app's cool. We should use it. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) We do. (laughs) Damn, if somebody Uh, would just think of this. Yeah. But we've done We've done 180 episodes Mm -hmm. and we haven't missed a week. Wow. We're, We're very proud of that. Yeah. 
Cool. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's dedication. No doubt about it. So, well, well Jay that's and I are trying right. to do that. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to get at least one per weekend. First one we missed this past week. Well, anyway, what was the first one I heard? The first, I heard the first one. What was the first one again? The first ever? First episode. Uh, first Fast Times at Ridge Mountain High. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, this past I, this past week was our first that we we missed. This is probably like what is our sixteenth or seventeenth? Like I mean, you know, I 14, many, many episodes there are included. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, and, and the great part is like, and again, uh, just like you don't know, we don't want movie we're gonna get. Sometimes it's just garbage, and sometimes it's great. And we actually had to like you try not to be a fanboy about the movies that you like too much. And this is an example. Yeah. And this is an example because I'm gonna be full disclosure for stakeout with Dreyfus and Estevez here because I'm a big Dreyfus fan because of Jaws. And I sure. went in with a bias because I own this video cassette. I own this. Oh, I owned yeah. this the VHS. VHS yeah. yeah. I saw this a while ago and I owned it. I, I showed it to my friends. I'm like, this, this movie is hysterical. So I'm not, I'm kind of not tipping the well, curtains I, on my final judgment, but. Um, I'll do one better. I had the movie poster on my wall. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. I mean, I, I did. I worked at a video store growing up, so I got posters for everything. But I did have Stakeout mm -hmm. on my wall at one point. I had the Inner Space one. Oh, it was yeah. a card. Well, that's, it was a cardboard standup that I managed to get wow. to stay on my wall. It's not bad. So, well, let's let Jay. Let's get started with this thing. What do you think? Absolutely. All right. It's funny how obviously it had an impact <laughs> on yeah. on uh, young teenagers. <laughs> dare say a uh, double impact all right um <laughs> yuck all right so wow uh, and i'm not talking about your joke that was funny uh the movie was terrible <laughs> liked it back in 1991 Garbage. but not now oh god all right i was gonna say that's the, that's the thing about these movies is i would double impact was amazing anything that he did was amazing at the time and then you you think as an adult god, i'm gonna show this to my kids because it was such an amazing movie and then, oh no, no. this is not good <laughs> this at is all. Terrible! <laughs> it's so not good on so many levels. It's not even worth mentioning. Like it's racist. Yeah. It's homophobic. It's sexist. <laughs> Fantastic! All right. Um, so, hey, kids, gather around. We're gonna have. Oh, I forgot about that nude scene. Shit. Okay. Well, turn around for a moment. So let's let's get going here. I'm gonna do sure. the I'll uh, I'll give you the uh, rundown here. So we have Stakeout 1987. Uh, as I mentioned a couple of times, Dreyfus and uh, Richard Dreyfus and Emilio Estevez and uh, Madeline Stowe and Aiden Quinn. Uh, we also see the likes of Forrest Whitaker in this movie as well. Pre Crane Game, pre Rogue One. So again, an action comedy drama. Two detectives observe an escaped convict's girlfriend, but complications set in when one of them falls for her and so that is the idea uh runtime is a little under two hours and again as we mentioned it's the seventh highest grossing film of 1987 i would love to know what the other six were i, mm -hmm. I want to look that up while you guys kind of chat jay why don't you start with that i want to i want to look that up sure sure well the uh i basically you see um richard dreyfus and emilio estefez richard dreyfus apparently must have recently passed his cholesterol test with flying colors because of the breakfast <laughs> that he was enjoying uh, <laughs> which was wow holy shit totally not even semi caring about health when he's when did you see all that he was eating he's just piling everything on top of each other and he even Amelia yeah, was no. like well, what was funny about that, that scene was that it's really set up the characters it was like oh okay so Dreyfus is kind of the slavish guy yep. and Emilio Estevez is going to play the straight guy just by that simple what are you doing that's disgusting yeah, yeah. and then that 
was a, a blatant setup for the for the character. And I dare say, Ray, that that they're setting up that they are kind of a married couple. That too, you know yeah. I mean? that, that they are that they're always in each other's lives. They support each other, but they annoy each other. They'll bust each other's balls, but it's not out of disrespect. And they also have later on when Estevez gets angry at at at. Uh, uh, I, I never remember their freaking That's names. Okay. Chris and Bill. Chris and yeah. Bill. Chris. So, yeah. so later on when they get upset, like they are honest enough with each other that they say, "I'm, you're, you're blowing it. You're pissing me off. Whatever." Which is a healthy relationship. Which is kind of against what Dreyfus actually has with his girlfriend that we never meet. He's in the he's in the process yeah. of falling out of love. Were they married? Well, you know, it's funny. It says that in um, the in Wikipedia that he's going, he's getting a divorce or whatever. Uh, but there's zero mentioned about it. It's just that she, whoever she is, left him. I mean, she, he Bonnie. might have said the name, huh? Bonnie, Bonnie. Okay, so Bonnie left. Bonnie, the Bonnie situation. Yep. Uh, okay, the, she, the Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> I'm not here to talk about coffee. I'm here to talk about dead fish in my bathroom. All right. Um, <laughs> but, and also it's funny. It's, you don't know anything about Richard Dreyfus's past. It's kind of creatively done. This is obviously a little later in the film. When you find out that Bonnie left him, he calls Emilio Estevez and he says, did you crack the seal yet? And he said, no. And he goes, put it back. So it's like yeah. a, just a little hint about alcoholism yep but not mm -hmm. actually you didn't have to this wasn't a burden throughout the film you didn't hear about it throughout it was just something said at that particular moment and like you know i'm here for you you don't need that i thought that was pretty cool it's almost like they had they had that idea for the script like let's let's put him in here drunk at one point mm -hmm. let's make it a thing and then they were like this is more of a comedy than anything else sure. so let's trim that but we will talk about cracking the bottle just so people get an idea. Are you also, Ray, do you think that they're trying to set up that Dreyfus is, he's tougher than he looks? I don't know if that was the case, but there were moments where he was the tough guy mm -hmm. that was surprising because I didn't see them set him up mm -hmm. as a as a tough guy. Right. I mean, he gets into that fight on the, on the dock, yeah. but he's also struggling just a bit mm -hmm. he's not playing your your standard action hero tough guy right okay neither one of them really right. so i was surprised when he did act tough like wow he really is a tough guy i don't know if the drinking thing had anything to do with but, that but also he's got an edge to his attitude because he he's and again and this is a, a so so drive is a cop have we said that they're cops i'm not <laughs> I sure so. we i think so that. i think we did so they were on a stakeout. They were on a yeah, stakeout. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're hoping so, the so title we, does some some justice. Yeah, so, I know. You know. No, but I mean, <laughs> so the the central premises here is you have you have Dreyfus and Estevez play these cops, Bill and Chris, and they are staking out, like it says, this escaped con who is very violent, and he has ties to uh, Maria. I guess Maria, okay. who is in yeah, yeah, Seattle, yeah. Washington. We'll get in, in a second. Guadalupe. Was it Maria Guadalupe? Yes, something. something, something, yeah. Because that they mentioned that a couple they do. times. And of course, I believe I believe Bill was his alias. No, they I'm switched. looking that up right now. One of now. them was Chris, and one of them was Bill, and they switched. Oh, so he, he used Bill's yeah. name. Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. he goes by Bill because in the sex scene later he says, "Fuck Bill." All right. So anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> gotcha. right. So anyway, the bottom line here is that we, we're setting up that the uh, that they're cops, and Estevez is a young detective, and Dreyfus has been around a while. And the reason I asked the question about him being tough is that he comes across, particularly in the precinct, as a tough cop. 
as uh, I don't. The guy. Yeah, I'm the guy, and you're not going to, like, I'm a cop. He says it at least, yeah. hey, I'm a cop. He says it right to the <laughs> well, FBI you know why? guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's got short man syndrome. That, that's why he keeps saying That's it. what I'm saying. Like, they're not going to take him seriously <laughs> yeah. because he's, but he also has that edge. I don't know if you notice it. He throws a bit of a New York kind of yeah, accent, yeah, yeah. attitude, whatever you want to call it. Like beat, like that New York beat cop detective. I've seen things that'll turn you. Right. <laughs> Let me tell you guys something like that. Which is interesting because they're in San Francisco. Right. Or Seattle. Seattle San Francisco, yeah. oh, right? Seattle. Seattle, right. Okay. So they're in Seattle, but at one point when he plays the telephone operator to get into the house, he is using like a New York tough guy accent. Yeah. I'm like, is that necessary? Do all telephone operators <laughs> talk like this? If you're, hey, you know, I've seen stuff on the pole. <laughs> not talking about the strip joints, Ray. We're not talking about the strip joints. Um, I mean, honestly, you could have just walked in the house and said, hey, I'm the telephone operator guy. Right. And I'd like to fix your pole. There's certainly. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. How it came out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. That's another movie or another, another time. Yes. Could you please fix? You're right. There is a there there is a there is a premise of it's an overcompensated story to get into Maria's house, right? You could just say, yeah. uh, I got to fix the bike." They could have waited till she left, right? right? They they, yeah. they did it before. Why don't they well, just do it now? Which I, yeah. I'm pretty sure is all really illegal. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't care what <laughs> tap you have. I'm pretty sure you can't do that, but whatever. Well, funny. Uh, right, well first off, he saw what she looked like. Uh, and that, yeah. I think, helped the decision on waiting uh, before, instead of waiting for her to leave, let's do it while she's in the house yeah. so I could be yeah. close to her. Right. Because we we know that Chris is a loose cannon mm -hmm. and he could do anything at any time. And that's what he did. He yeah. saw how hot she was and he's like, I'm going over there. Mm -hmm. And Bill was the voice of reason. Can't do that. Don't get us in trouble. I, right, right. I, I, I agree with I did get, I think I wrote my notes somewhere that he is kind of the, either I forget which, the it or the ego, or the super ego, the yeah. cop telling him what he, the cop telling him what he should or should <laughs> not be doing. So we, we've talked about them having different versions of each, of, of themselves. Like, you know, like one plays this role, one plays this role. And when they're together, sometimes they play like a couple of 15 year olds when they see the yeah, girl yeah. walking <laughs> around in her apartment or her house. And mm. they're like, woo, ah, like they're like yeah. these weird. Oh, I love my job. Like, I love my job. I love my job. Know, as if that, that's the first <laughs> naked woman they've ever seen in their entire lives. I mean, she's a beautiful mm. woman. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying it was just mm. like, holy shit and it was just the fact that they were just going ballistic or to go to your immaturity point when they say five foot six 300 pounds 300 pounds she could be the house and oh. so and then when they finally see her they realize that she's trimmed down some which again aiden quiz so eventually her boyfriend shows up and makes no mention of the fact that she lost like 200 oh i, I, I so, think but, no it, it, i have a feeling it was a practical joke uh, that uh, that somebody wrote that's that. what i was thinking yeah. as well yeah oh I, so, yeah. all right so you have you have the you've got the two other cops you've got lawrence fishburne yeah. and um no, Forrest Whitaker. Dan uh, Loria. Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. i mean Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> do, you do you take the blue i would have rather <laughs> seen lawrence fishburne yes i think so yeah. i mean uh, I, yeah so Forrest Whitaker and Dan Loria from uh, Wonder Years yep. were, the, were the other cops. They, they did the other shift, mm -hmm. and they played pl practical jokes on each other, which goes back to their uh, maturity levels. Yep. Um, and I, my thought was that they wrote in their notes that she was 300 and some odd pounds All right. just to bust them All right. a little bit. I, I didn't, that was my thought. I never picked up. I wouldn't have picked up on that. I think that was either way. It's stretching a bit. Yeah. 
This is always funny about criminals, how, okay, so I broke out of jail and the one place I'm going to go is the place mm-hmm. that they're going to look for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Stupid idea. Where I have this ex-girlfriend. I'm going to go right there. No one will Obvious find Obvious direct connection <laughs> to, oh. Hey, it's not like he's- There had to be a better plan. Yeah. Because the money was there. He was going for the money. But again, you know that the cops are going to be mm-hmm. there. Come up with maybe use the back door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like everybody kept using the front door. <laughs> right? I just sneak out of that house at one point. Why didn't he go out the back window? <laughs> so certainly, yeah. Dreyfus could get in the back window. I don't see yeah. why you can't. And it's not I mean, like, he's a tough cop, but he's not a smart cop. Uh, very right. Valid. That is valid. And also, Aiden Quinn, by the way, that's a character that breaks out of jail, is very violent. He stages this. This kind of this this uh, this prison riot, so he could kind of sneak out. It's not like he did it. Like he killed guys on the way out, so it's not like you <laughs> snuck out. Like you killed people. Right. Like what? Huh? So anyway, yeah, that's uh, whatever. I mean, you can't worry about stuff like it's. You got to get the move. It's the MacGuffin. You got to keep the moving going along. But it's kind of wow. That's kind of silly. Well, no, so, yeah. But listen, and, we, yeah. and just so you know, we do um, have fun bashing the movies we love too. <laughs> so oh, sure, that's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, I, I did enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it when I was younger, and it was nice to watch it again. I've probably seen it a dozen times over the mm-hmm. years. It's probably one of the more memorable movies of my youth, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of them, but uh, it wasn't a forgotten movie for me. No, no, and, and I, I have fond memories of myself and my sister. We both saw this movie, and there are scenes in this film that that I was waiting for, like when he says, uh, you know, I, I hate my job, and then they see her come in and goes, oh, I love my job, I love my job so much when they're, <laughs> when they're spying on there and the weird voyeuristic thing. And, and then there's a scene later when, when Emilio Estevez is by himself with an Afghan and a half-empty bucket of chicken. Yeah. And he just looked all <laughs> yeah. lonely and terrible. And I remember like laughing my and the theater laughing their asses off. And and that was the scene I would tell people, like, oh, when you see this movie, wait for this scene. It's gonna be so funny. Anyway, so it's yes, I do too. have but yeah, to Jay's point, like Jay, Jaws is my favorite movie, but I'll bag on it every <laughs> like all the stuff that's wrong with Jaws. I have no problem saying how ridiculous it is. I have a hard time bashing that one. That is one of my favorite movies like you but um i know i i find that to be one of the most near perfect movies oh it's perfect there's just a lot of imp- with all of its imperfections yeah, that's, that's yeah. all i'm saying like who's this guy's gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna lure this shark with my with our fourth of july roast who makes a roast for the fourth of july that's the thing i'm talking that's the kind of thing i'm talking about sure yeah all right like oh and, you know let's heat up I the mean- whole freaking house on the summer of 4th of July with a spoon roast. Let's kick that sucker cooking for four and a half hours at 3.50 in the in the kitchen. Good idea. No, that's all I'm getting at. <clears throat> so, well, well, if you want to talk about questions and questionable moments, you got to go up to like Jaws 4, where now the Jaws is, I mean, the, the shark is traveling yeah. Yeah. to the other side of the ocean yeah. to chase yeah. Mrs. Brody. Yeah. A blood relative, <laughs> not even a person. <laughs> Like a blood right. relative. Yeah, okay. You bet. Or old poor Michael Caine. I mean, honestly. <laughs> no. So back to stick out. I, I just want to, I think it's funny. Uh, I, we can get back to the MacGuffin. Uh, but I just want to say, I think it's funny when that she allows Richard Dreyfus into the house, Chris. Uh, uh, she allows him into the house to supposedly uh, check out her phone. He pretends he's a phone operator, phone repairman, because uh, he cuts out mm-hmm. the phone. 
in order to put the bug in her house. But it's just funny that she keeps leaving him alone. She just met him yeah. five seconds ago <laughs> and yep. he's literally sitting with his ass on her bed. Now he's not naked, but yep. I'm saying like, but a stranger, mm -hmm. this is a person you've never mm -hmm. met until like five seconds ago. And he's so yep. comfortable that he's sitting on your yep. bed working on a phone. It's like, you, uh, mm -hmm. how does this happen? <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a point where he's she's pacing in the kitchen yeah. saying when's this guy gonna leave well what you could do is stand in front of him mm -hmm. in the bedroom yep. and watch what he's doing maybe he'll leave mm -hmm. if he knows you're watching him right. but she's like i want to give this guy his privacy he's <laughs> you've never met him before <laughs> and he's just checking your phone and he's in your house also, let's not forget like <laughs> and this this lisa one of the things that kind of made me i didn't realize until i'm this age the age difference between yeah. her and Dreyfus, but I'm not going to touch on that yet. But she's obviously young, but is she so young she doesn't understand that the phone company doesn't come into your house to fix your phone? That's not their fucking business. Like, the phone like what are you? Twelve? The way he was. What are you? What are you? What are you? Fourteen years old? Like what? You're like you've got a job and you can have a house. You don't know the phone company doesn't do that. Like that's crazy. <laughs> If there's an issue, it's usually on the pole, yeah. right? Or, or uh, why didn't he check the uh, the outlet? Mm -hmm. You know where it plugs right. in. But he's taking the phone. Yeah. He's, he's tipping it upside down. He's like, like hitting the, uh, the the thing. Oh yeah, you happen to see all these models um, from Sears? <laughs> I can do any. What? That's not their business. Okay. Anyway, oh, that's so awesome. So, that's silly. So so it's setting up the fact that she's kind of gullible. Like you mm -hmm. want to like her, but she's super gullible. Obviously, she doesn't. She, it's which is weird because she's got a brother who's a criminal. She's got like he got picked up for GTA, right? She has a he has a boyfriend who is in the clink, right? But she's ignorant to the to the world around her. Like she doesn't question. understand how the world <laughs> works, but she deals with people that break laws. I don't, not sure. But again, we're setting up that she's sweet. Which question? I, I'm I'm on board. She's definitely a sweet person. She has. Good person. Yeah, yeah, like her heart is all in the right place. She, I'm not saying she's dumb. I'm not saying she's ignorant. I'm just saying they're setting up that she's sweet to the point of gullible, which probably makes her hurt more eventually when she finds out that this man that she's going to fall for, Richard Dreyfus, has been lying to her the whole time. And that sets up that heartbreak a little bit more, which I can dig. I, I'm, I like I, she doesn't deserve to have her heart broken. Who's the random drunk guy? I don't know. But, Good question. A, oh, that's uh, that was. Her friend's boyfriend. Yeah, it wasn't because he was it, looking for her friend. It wasn't explained very well, and that I think that was just an excuse mm -hmm. to get Richard Dreyfus get his uh, tough guy out. Yep. Right. And we needed to see at that point. We didn't see how tough he was until this guy showed up, and he could and play then he hero had to get back to her house. And he could play hero, right? Right. And he wasn't so tough, a little tough, but mm -hmm. then he was more. He emotionally settled this guy down but he, when, when he's interacting and we're we're always kind of flirting the line because even he says he's trying to mix being tough and being sensitive like that discussion he has mm. when eventually he's he's in the house at some point and he's developing a relationship with maria um he says to get info on her but also because he likes her probably for because he's on the mm. rebound and a lot of reasons but but he's having that conversation of I want to, I don't want to be nice. I want to be bad. What's so wrong with being bad? Like and when she calls him nice, it makes him wince. Like, I don't want to be nice. But you know what? Go ahead. You know what fixes wanting to be bad? A finger in the mouth. That's true. Yeah. That'll do it. Yep. Yeah. And every time. 
which I found, I wrote that in my notes, finger in mouth, ew. Ew, yeah, that's pretty gross. Because, hold on, and I don't know if we're getting ahead. No, it's fine. You, you, okay, the first time you kiss somebody, mm-hmm. it's their first romantic interaction. Yep. A finger in the mouth is something you do on the 12th, 13th date when you've had those conversations about how freaky you are. You don't do – that's not a first kiss. That's not a first kiss thing. That's not. It, it was the oddest thing. Yeah, yeah. That That's a level of intimacy oh. that is past the first one. That's like – I'm still like, trying to get my wife to do that. <laughs> it's been a while. That's, that's like that. I don't know. I, I'm going to bring up Family Feud, but the question once was, where, where's a where's a place that you go when you're trying to get a woman in the mood? Like where do you where do you touch if you want to get a woman in the mood? And obviously boobs comes up and all that stuff. So somebody yeah. says the lower back, like you you the touch the lower back. That's romantic, right? You know, like where you yeah. put your hand when you dance. And then the next person says, uh, the lower front. <laughs> <laughs> And, hey, and then you go, that, whoa, whoa, <laughs> slow down. That's not the first place you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, all right. I'm sorry. Just, and like the guy, that was like the father of the group. So the kids are like, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear this. Blah. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The finger. That must yeah. have, so, you said that and i'm I'm like i'm i'm not sure where he's going because that must have just like gone right over my head i might i might turn my head for half a second when that happened so i i, I missed it <laughs> it was a it's the detail yeah it's the details with me and again first kiss you're like oh this is romantic they're finally gonna kiss and then whoa they're gonna do a lot more than that uh, yep <laughs> and it's close up and it's like all oh. finger and it's like wet finger it's all <laughs> i'm with uh, ray I'm, and that goes that, that goes back to the age difference that you yeah, yeah. talked about. So, so, yeah. So the next thing is that, and again, it didn't dawn on me at the time. To me, I bought their relationship. When I first saw this, 87, we're all about the same age in 87. It didn't dawn on me how much older he was than her. And then we're not mm-hmm. talking 10 years. We're talking like he's 40-ish? 40. He's 40. So I look 40. this up because... This is what I do as a 48-year-old man now, is I, I look up everyone's ages. Everyone in the movies looks looks older than me. They do. Like right now at 48, I still feel like everyone is older than me. Yeah. Richard Dreyfuss is at least 20 years older than I am mm. when he made this movie. He's eight years younger than me mm. in this movie. Okay. He's 40 years old. Emilio Estevez, 25. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm obsessed with this whole Wait a minute! I'm older than Richard Dreyfus. This can't be right. So I, that's how I know he's he's forty. At least Richard Dreyfus was forty yep. when this movie came out. I don't know how old uh, Chris is. Well, I would say the, the character would be the same because they're not trying to make him look younger. In fact, they're trying to make him yeah. look older by giving him that mustache and not dyeing his hair at all. And it also sets up the fact that he's the older of the two couple on the the Emilio Estevez Dreyfus dynamic couple that he's the older crotchety one and he's the young right Emilio's the young trophy wife so so how old is Maria I would say mid-20s hold on a minute hold on a minute so, I mean that's that's <laughs> I didn't look her up oh, I'm gonna look her up right now I would say that's safe to say born in 58 no don't make me do math so no no spot. she's she's uh 20 years after that 78 87 she's she's 29 29 all right, right. All right. Okay. so which is older than I would think yeah I would think I would think more little younger than that 
So, all right, there's not much, but certainly he looks a lot older and it just doesn't. So even if they're, they're close, like a decade, it's, he still looks fatherly to me. Sure. The vibe is fatherly. And she looks younger. Yeah, yeah. she looks younger and it doesn't seem like, I don't know. I'm watching it this time and I'm like, wow, I don't know. She should really be going for Estevez. Not really. Well, hey, we don't know much about her dad. We already know that her brother is a felon. Mm-hmm. She loves bad boys because she's she she was dating a murderous guy in jail. Maybe a dad. Maybe she had dad issues. All right, all right. I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. But ooh, it's it's that's why she went for the finger it's right funny away. Though. <laughs> Hold on. She's she's. <laughs> It's funny, she's Sorry. surrounded by bad people, but still clueless that the phone company doesn't just show up out of nowhere. Yeah, no, I don't It's funny, though. It, now I'm older, and I'm looking at this film, and then I'm hearing a high-pitched Emilio Estevez, and I'm like, that mustache doesn't really make you look much older than no. Uh, no. Andrew Clark, the character you played in Breakfast Club. Like what I'm saying is like, well, get this. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. It's just, it was only like three years difference um, mm-hmm. between. Yeah, I wrote this down. So you got the Outsiders in '83. You've got Breakfast Club '85. Saint Elmo's Fire '85. That was then. This is now '85. Wisdom '86. This coming out in '80. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not. You can't rent it either. Yeah. Right? I can't find it anywhere. But I remember growing up, I was a huge. Mm-hmm. Millie Westfest fan, Brat Pack. So uh, that was a great movie with Demi Moore, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is, he was always playing mm-hmm. a, a high school kid yep. or a, a recent college graduate, but very young. Yep. And I, I want to talk to the person that decided to put a mustache on him because <laughs> it had to be done. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, you're Emilio Estevez. You just played a high school kid in Breakfast Club. Yep. We got to put a mustache on. And now- but like you said, it's. It's not, it didn't really help. No, yeah, no, because and his voice was so high. Like, you know, what I mean, I'm not saying that it's just the, yeah. it, it was just the delivery. Like, hey, uh, <laughs> when he started yelling and stuff. Oh, um, no, no, or, or when he's when he uh, when he puts the the wild cat in the as a practical joke in the car <laughs> and he's outside the window going, Woo-hoo! yeah, Woo-hoo! <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's straight. You're right. I, I mean, well, we saw high school and then wisdom. He plays a vigilante basically, or a Robin Hood type figure. And now, yeah, and, now and now he's a detective, by the way, yeah. I never would have seen that coming. All right. Fair well, enough. It's funny. Um, uh, St. Elmo's Fire plays a, uh, a college graduate, right? Like they're all kind of graduates mm-hmm. at this point. Right. Uh, yeah. College graduate. So he we went from a high school to a college graduate within the same year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, right now. Okay. Well, by the way, if we ever if we ever cover uh, St. Elmo's Fire, I'm going to say now, final judgment, it does not hold up. Why? Because the character he plays is a fucking stalker. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> holy shit! Yeah, true. I mean, like this is—he he showed up at the cabin, or yeah, not just that, but he shows up at a party that she's at that's not her house or anything like that, and he's looking pissed that that, that, that she didn't go out with him or something, and they never even agreed to anything. It was the most mm-hmm. fucked up thing. It's like, wow, this guy should be arrested. But anyways, side note. Well, well there's, as a matter of fact, I think I think they only talked once during college. Yeah. I think they mentioned that, like, oh yeah, we talked uh, one or two times. That was about it. 
It's so bad. It was just like, wow. Because I, I did not see then, that movie in its entirety until I was an adult. And I was like, holy shit, there's no way yeah. on earth. And we weren't doing this podcast yet. I was like, there's <laughs> no way this could be made like this today. Like, this guy would be in jail. Mm-hmm. It was well, scary. Well, there's, there's, there's definitely some vibes going on with the characters that, that are happening in this movie that are not going to fly. I'm telling you right now. Um there's some grossness into some besides the age difference with alleged age difference between Maria and Chris or whatever. Uh, there's some other things that just aren't going to, I don't think are going to fly, but we'll, we'll discuss that after. Anyway, I think, <laughs> I think that's just me, but all right. So let's see, where are we at? Oh, I think we, I think we left off on telephone operator, him being in no finger in the mouth, that finger in the mouth. where we're at in the movie, finger in, in, the, the, movie. in the movie, not here. That's wrong. <laughs> no, no. Um, that's all, all kinds are wrong. <laughs> so we're setting up here. So, so let's moving along. There's a lot of like stuff in between. We're leaving out a lot of stuff between the comic relief of the married couple of Dreyfus and Estevez. It's great. As uh, Dreyfus will leave and leave Estevez by himself, like a wife home alone, who has, you know, she's the house, he's the housewife of the uh, stakeout apartment across the, and he'll come back every now and then with donuts and, and try, by the way, Dunkin' Donuts in Seattle. I didn't think that was a thing, but shouldn't be. I don't think it is. I liked how they, uh, I like how they, they said the punchline together. That was another uh, marrying point of theirs. <laughs> yeah. And they did it a few times. It would be a punchline and they both said it at the same time as if they've been doing it for sure. 10 years. Oh, and also uh, she said, I, I think they were reading uh, her description five six and they both said at the same time too too tall tall. yeah because they're both short and they did that a lot throughout the morning and that's throughout the movie so they have this neat also by the way and i know this as trivia but when they're doing that trivia at the beginning trying to keep themselves not bored and he's going oh yes 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 and he says uh he says uh uh movie quote well this is no boating accident and dreyfus says i I don't know (laughs) dreyfus actually very subtle he says in an interview i really didn't know (laughs) it's like i had no idea what he was talking about Probably because Dreyfus is a little hopped that up is, on cocaine, probably back in the day. Maybe, he doesn't yeah. remember the line, but he's like, no, I don't I don't remember. I really didn't know what he was talking about. And we have a... Uh, oh, no, in the Playboy, he goes, which president? Uh, 16th president. I don't know. And he shows the centerfold. He goes, ah, oh, Abe Lincoln. <laughs> That's funny. Like, there's some funny That's lines good. in this movie. There's no, they're immature, but they're very funny <laughs> lines. There's no doubt about it. I, I guess on a... Another bookend for uh, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, he has a cameo. Terrible film, by the way. Uh, but he has a cameo in the Piranha film at the beginning. He's sitting in yeah. a rowboat and he's singing by himself. Show me the way to go home. Wow. Well, you know he's playing Hooper in that. Really? That is supposed to be where Hooper is now. Oh <sighs> no, that's because wow. I think he's wearing the same clothes. That's... Um, and from what I had read, it's that character. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> You know, what's really sad, Ray, is that you have piranha trivia. <laughs> well, what's wrong, I mean, sir? Are you well, okay? I mean, we need to call someone. We need yeah. an intervention. I told you, I watched too many movies. Oh, oh, man. Too many oh, movies. You're right off our alley, man. Uh, oh, because I, wow. I, I actually saw that on uh, on my birthday in the theater. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, you've seen you it, winning? right? You've seen it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now, I've I've spoke about this on, on a past episode, but now you you remember the film kind of like a picture day, taking your the wife, original Piranha yeah no well the one from you know the with Richard oh. Dreyfuss picture taking oh, your absolutely yeah yeah, uh, yeah to such a film uh, not knowing it was going to be it was not it was wall to wall girls girl and wild 
it was like, holy shit. Sorry. Well, that too. Yeah. I'm well, yeah, apologizing too. the entire time. <laughs> the entire I didn't time. Know. I, t- I, took a, I took a date to Pulp Fiction once. That didn't work out well, especially the gimp scene. I didn't know it was going to be as violent and sweary. <laughs> it's sweary. I like to go that too. It's kind of sweary. <laughs> A lot of spirit yeah, it's a little scary. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> um, so I, I just wanted to get back to their relationship real sure, quick. Sure, sure, yeah. um, he, he's the, so again, Estevez is kind of the housewife in the situation. Uh, Dreyfus comes in after he does something stupid. He gets kind of, he gets a talking to by Emilio. So, you know, you better get your act together and so on and so forth. There's a lot of neat comic moments between the other stakeout guys, the, the day guys versus the night guys. They're, they're pulling pranks on each other. Who really would leave a plate of dog shit? And how do you not know that there's just dog shit in the refrigerator just fermenting away? Yeah. I, I, I didn't see how how that was, how that's even a good prank. I don't know, Jay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much I want to bust your balls, but uh, I'm just not going to leave dog shit on a thing. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but but so what we're getting here is that eventually that Dreyfus is trying, he's finding reasons to leave the stakeout to go help out Maria. And the thing that just dawned on me is all of the action happens with Maria while they're on their stakeout. So her entire life unfolds between the hours of 11 p.m. and around 7 a.m. <laughs> like that's when all her entire life unfolds. She's making dinner at 11 p.m. She's, you know, her, her bailing her, her, her brother out of jail at like two in the morning and coming back and showering. What, what is happening? Like why? I understand why it's at night and all that stuff, but wow. I don't know that that's really like, you know, Dreyfus <laughs> looks tired cause he never sleeps was never. So is Maria. She's always up doing something. Not sure what, but <laughs> I, I think I they like- said she was a waitress, but she can afford a, a mortgage in Seattle, whatever. <clears throat> Jason. I love how um, he gave her a, um, a, a, you know, his phone number at home. And oh, I yeah. love that scene <laughs> when he answers the phone and then realizes, holy shit, I'm being recorded mm-hmm. by the people, my, my partners downtown, <laughs> yep. and then starts mm-hmm. coughing and sounding different. That was outstanding. Yep. Um, yeah. I have to go now. <clears throat> now. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's it we're going back to one of those scenes you remember that is one of the funniest scenes i and, remember and I, from that movie laughing hysterically and i saw that in the theater and i remember the theater erupting when he goes and holy shit like that oh, <laughs> holy shit. and i think my friends and i would mimic that constantly we would we would do that but then at 48 years old watching it recently i appreciated more his reaction at the the station when they were playing it back mm-hmm. the subtle reaction like, in his eyes and then he when he's turns. like everybody knows it yeah <laughs> yeah when he's turning to emilio and they're, they're both looking at each other like you fucker um <laughs> it was so great it's it's funny okay i had not seen it since probably the early 90s or late 80s i liked it a lot then that's and i don't rem- i didn't remember a lot about this um it just didn't mm-hmm. it was one of those i just didn't constantly watch but i mean i i dug it so last night I watched it for the first time since then. And it's funny. I found the second half to be a lot better than the first. I found the first half to be uh, the like uh, the pacing wasn't as great as it could have been. But then all of a sudden mm-hmm. when stuff was mm-hmm. happening like that with the holy shit and like, when he such mm-hmm. when during the phone call that I thought it's almost like the movie took on a hell of a better pace than the first. Just, you know, an observation here, you know, as far as I, I, <clears throat> I agree with you. Uh, I think that it does kind of it does tighten up. And once you get to 
the big reveal that Bill is Chris and she he has to break her heart and then Aiden Quinn pops up the 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 runaway convict who's going to go to her house and no one knows like he's making a beeline for her house nickname and then stick. we get into the yeah <clears throat> the um <laughs> the stick yeah Isn't it's that the daredevil in, guy it, it, it said that in uh, uh wikipedia whatever his first name is which is it, rich or what what's his name anyways the stick i don't remember <laughs> yeah is 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 his rich nickname, the right? stick is that what it says hold on Hold on a Aiden, minute. Aiden Gwynn's character? Yeah. Richard Stick Montgomery. Yeah. Dick Stick. Stick. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? You know what Emilio Estevez is? You know, you know what Bill's last name is? Emilio Estevez? Reamer. That's unfortunate. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah. At least his first name right, is so Emilio. You're, you're saying um, Aiden Quinn. So, oh, oh, yeah. So, so, so we get to that point, and then there's a really neat chase scene. Uh, well, like uh, Emilio Estevez is like climbing over houses in order to go save Bill, who is now in the house with the stick and Wait, Maria. And hold on, what? I no, I just think I I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, only because I do want to. Mm-hmm. I, I also think it's funny to mention the uh, Richard Dreyfus waking up in the morning and then having to leave with a pink hat. And scarf. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, which again, he should have went out the back door. Yes, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and but knowing, also, I'm wondering. Hold on, I'm wondering if this house is not up to fire code. Us, <laughs> no, there's no second exit because the only exit he's left out of is a is a window in the back. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. well. That's why. That's why she can afford it. No, right? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on her waitressing job. And, yeah, way, and again, you have the waitressing job, but there's no yeah. second exit. <laughs> nope. Sorry. Sorry, this done. If you you got to go up to uh, to service manager if you want to get the second exit. That's, how we, <laughs> that's the criteria here in Seattle. Also, again, you just slept with this guy, and you, you're not telling me his behavior's a tad weird at that moment. Like you're not. No bells are going off. Like he was just avoiding you. She called him on the phone to yell at him, which was the holy shit moment. And then he hooks up with her later. They're in the midst of coitus. Like they're making motions where, where he is now like they're actively making love. And he goes, he rolls over and go, what time, what time is it? And he's going to run out the, the, the door and he's acting. That's not strange. You just think, and she smiles and thinks, oh, that's just adorable. That's how, not adorable. Cute. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's our bill. Crazy behavior. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like, oh, like crazy, crazy bill making up a skin thing and and not going anywhere near the windows when he puts the, his shoes on. And just add it real quick. Ends up in this giant police chase about this guy that left the the house wearing a pink hat. <laughs> All right, and mm-hmm. at, but there's so many moments where he makes it where he's by himself, and I'm like, lose the hat, lose the hat, lose. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking for a guy with a pink hat. Lose the hat and yeah. scar. Stop. Ah, oh, forget it. <laughs> well, Jay, you know why? Because there's a stuntman oh. jumping over yeah, fences. Yeah, you can't yes. take the hat off. It's oh, obviously yeah. not Richard Dreyfus. Oh, and, and so, uh, uh, real quick, uh, at the beginning, uh, there was also a obvious stuntman driving the forklift. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wrote that down. I wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about all the bad stunt work. I mean, the stunt work itself was good, but you could see the stuntman mm-hmm. in most of these scenes, especially on the forklift. Or, or yeah. when he falls into when he falls into the fish. That's always that hat never comes off, man. 
<laughs> and that never comes off. You're in slimy, oily fish and the hat stayed on. How? Think, yeah. That's why yeah. they um that's why they slapped sunglasses on Emilio Estevez uh for the for the forklift because it was like, let's try <laughs> to cover him up. Let's a just try. <laughs> yeah, let's try to fool everybody. Give it the, give it the best shot. Yeah. So so, so we have yeah. we have we have final chase and and we get to see Richard Dreyfus full on action star, <laughs> which is just not very much. But so we get Aiden Quinn and for, why do they go to the? Sorry, Aiden Quinn goes to the Maria's house because there's money hidden in a chair. Which yeah, okay. She, you know she also could have gotten rid of the furniture in between. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> or you know he he <laughs> held up. He held up banks from wherever, Wyoming, or held up gas stations from Wyoming to there. Why do you need, there's not that much money in the chair, guys. You, and you, you, where's he trying to get to, by the way? Mexico. You go to Seattle first? Yeah. You get, you've got to go all the way down the western coast to get to Mexico. And you went to Seattle just so you can get some money? Make it to Mexico. It's cheaper there anyway. Whatever you got. And, and to, to Jay's point, you don't hide let's say five million dollars mm-hmm. in, in a chair mm-hmm. because the chair could be destroyed it could be given away it could be thrown away right. you put it in the floorboards yeah. or the wall mm-hmm. or something like that yeah. she, but, wasn't, um, she was not aware of this money she was like shocked when when it uh, was revealed so Jason, are you telling me that Maria's not aware of things in her <laughs> life <laughs> what i'm saying so are, you, are you telling me that <laughs> no to add to my point that she could have chucked the freaking furniture out yeah Really? Oh, I know. Oh, I didn't upgraded. know. I didn't All know right. when I picked it up, and it was kind of wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, money's heavy. I know. Way. I know, right? <clears throat> so, um, so we go. Uh, so there's an interaction. Emilio Estevez is trying to rescue him, which is really neat. Richard Dreyfus has to punch him in the face twice <laughs> to show that he's a cop, which was a wonderful moment because the first one he's shocked, and the next one he hits him again, which was <laughs> fantastic. Why did they go to the lumber yard? Why are they going there? Uh, I, I forgot. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. At that point, I was on my phone. Uh-huh. I was doing other work. I, I did give up on the movie, even though I finished it. Oh, that's fine. I was off and on. Mm-hmm. That was when all the action happened, too. But I, I think I wanted this. We can talk about it later. I think I wanted this to be more of a comedy. Yeah. And then it did get a little actiony. Yeah. And um, but act- like swearing. That's my other scary and actiony. This is actiony. Word ending. It's fine. <laughs> I think just, the movie, by the way, is two hours long, yeah. which too long for a movie like that. Mm-hmm. An hour and a half is all you really need. Yep. So I think I was getting a little itchy at the end. Yep. I wanted it to end. So I, I, I missed why they went to that. Well, I don't think it was. Um, I, I don't think it was necessarily that they went there versus the fact that it was near where the guy. Oh, the the boat. Yeah, yeah. the whole boat. Okay. Thing. I just think it just. And the it. boat guy. The boat guy is the guy from the beginning, right. which is just way too much of a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole city. Yeah, it's a lot of criminals. Yeah, they're, they're setting that up a little too much. But, but we got to see we got to see Dreyfus, the action star, do hand-to-hand with Aiden Quinn, who's at least a good two feet taller than Richard and Dreyfus. Younger. And I've, he gets, uh, there's a there's a muck up, there's logs. It's almost like that scene in, in uh, I can only think of like, Attack of the Clones, where aid, where uh, Anakin's jumping up and down and avoiding robots near the end, and they look at to avoid logs. It was very Indiana Jonesy, you know what I mean? Like uh, in in Temple of Doom, where he's on the rock crusher and everything just kind of happens oh, yeah, yeah. like all at once. And it's but again at the end of the day, like oh action scene. Then you go wait, no wait, it's Dreyfus. 
I mean, we're talking the goodbye girl. We're talking Mr. Holland. We're talking we're Hooper. I'm not, I'm just not buying again, tough cop attitude, not tough cop, like tough. You know what I mean? That's why they paint. That's why he got one punch in, right? Two punches altogether. And then they trapped him under a log. Mm-hmm. It was like, we can't do much more with Mr. <laughs> let's pin him under a log. And let's just be done. And, and we're we're all in camera. We can't get the stunt man, so, so he does put a couple. He, he puts a couple slugs in Aiden Quinn, and and that's over. And then and it's funny. The other thug that he was uh, chasing, or, uh, Emilio was chasing at, at, at for the other the redheaded thug that fell mm-hmm. into the the logs. Yep. I didn't I didn't you know like this guy. He wasn't a, a good dude. But I got to tell mm-hmm. you, man. Watching him just go between the two logs, which landed in the water, and you see the, the the logs just sort of slowly close in on him, dude. That was just like, just it's like watching somebody die in quicksand or or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just it was like, oh, oh man, like and it's like I, I don't like the guy, but damn, that looked brutal. <laughs> like, oh, like, wait a minute, hold yeah. on, hold on though, I don't. Why can't you swim out from under the logs? They well, don't go on for infinity. Uh, but, well, they, they don't go it, to the bottom. I don't know. I don't know. They just made it out to be like he died. Like, so I'm saying, like, regardless, they didn't. Well, they didn't show us the end. They didn't show us this, the two mm-hmm. sides or the you know how, where he could have gone. I guess maybe uh, we have to assume it was. Uh, didn't you guys think that guy was? <laughs> yeah, fenced in. That guy was hoping to get into the sequel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with Rosie O'Donnell. Um, like, nobody saw me die. I want to be in the same. Oh, you died. <laughs> to Jay's point, when to Jay's point before, when you were younger, didn't you think quicksand was going to be more of a problem in your everyday life? <laughs> like, everybody was always yeah. getting caught in quicksand, and you're like, instant death. I'm not going in the woods. There's quicksand. No, I know there's quicksand. It'd be a bigger problem. I, I remember walking in the woods, uh, or I was a Boy Scout, so we'd be camping, and I would hope for quicksand. Just so we could test that theory from the movies and TV, yep. but I never ran into quicksand. That's unbelievable. I'm like, we could at least throw Johnny in there and see <laughs> how he does with the quicksand, but anybody, we never came across any quicksand. Has anybody seen Johnny? Um, yeah, about that. <clears throat> I can't get the merit badge for the quicksand. Uh, so, uh, we're back to the uh, factory. Uh, you know what's funny? Every remember. Uh, we watched Double Impact. I said it always ends up at a warehouse or a factory when there's a big showdown, yep. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. We're at some weird mill that, uh, like a sawmill. And it's funny, mm-hmm. as soon as they show a, a, a saw startup and that thing, I'm like, oh God, someone's dying with a saw. Here we go. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, like, <laughs> someone's losing gonna... an arm. Yep. Yeah. It's You hear the Warner Brothers music. No, not the bird fountain. <laughs> 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 not happy birthday wow that's a that's a reach i haven't said that reference in a good decade wow. oh my god all right sorry oh, wow okay so what do you think jay where are we at uh well i i guess it's right around the uh the moment where he finally gets to oh so all right so he, he's about to buy it I mean, he's about to shoot uh Aiden Quinn's about to shoot Richard Dreyfus because uh, Richard Dreyfus has his arm stuck under a log. Oh yeah, that's right. Aiden Quinn gets cracked in the head by a board, I guess, uh, by uh, Madeline yeah. Stowe, uh, Maria. Yes, she, she, she hits him with a, with a yes, and then um, that gets just enough time for Richard to break free of his jacket, I guess. But it's funny, like how much is the arm pinned under a, uh, that log? Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's basically an, <laughs> an entire tree that could crush a house. Mm-hmm. If your arm yeah. is, it, it, I'm, I'm assuming it was just the fabric that was caught <laughs> because if his yeah. arm was actually caught, uh, his arm, gonna his be, bones would be dust. Uh, and yeah. That's they, they would be they'd like, Oh no, I'm fine. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, so I, I, just, I agree. Yeah. So he broke free. Take, and it took a lot of license. Oh yeah. Well, What's that's that? okay. We 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 pass on that when we like the film. We always go mm-hmm. short. Sure. It's okay. We can make fun of it, but at the yeah, same but- time. But we love it anyway. Yeah, sure. And uh, so apparently that's when he was able to shoot uh, Aiden Quinn. And mm-hmm. next scene, you you see them wrapping things up with the FBI showing up. And uh, it's, it is kind of funny. I dig how the the boss, uh, their their uh, immediate their chief, I guess, uh, says, you know, you know, I heard you 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 might be they think you might be having a romantic thing with this lady, you know, and, and could get you in a lot of trouble. Mm. And I said, you, you're, you know, he's always trouble. And he walks away and you see them, the two of them making out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just funny that yeah. the, 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 the cop, the, the chief looks at him and just shakes his head and just gets into the car. I thought that was funny. No. Oh. But you know, what's great. That, that Chris. No, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Always. What a, what a tough guy to deal well, with. But how about the <laughs> final line? What a boner. That was yeah. the final line of the film. What a boner. By what Emilio boner. Estevez looking over at, yeah. at, at uh, uh, Richard Dreyfus making out with uh, Madeline Stowe. And he, he says, mm-hmm. what a boner. Boom. Music starts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can just see that. That was the funniest thing to hear when you're 15 years old. Oh, yeah, that's sure. a good point. It's a valid point. He said, he said boner twice in this movie. Yeah. Definitely should be R. It was R. It was R. Yeah. A lot of cursing. Which surprised me. It's sweary. It's sweary. Yeah, yeah very sweary, yeah. <laughs> but they could have at least thrown in some nudity if they're going to make it all. They did. Yeah. A little bit. Well, they did. They they did. They had her her bottom. That's right. Oh, they had the side and angle. And side boob. Side, side boob, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Hey, hey, we're having a discussion here. Do you mind? <laughs> we're, Sorry, we're reminiscing. You don't remember the film, Jay. You don't remember it. We do. Oh, can I? Okay, so hold on. Before you go on, Jay. So we, we've talked about how uh, tough of a cop Bill is, mm-hmm. right? And he's, I mean, uh, Chris, and he's he's very witty, and but he's also very sensitive. How about how creepy Chris is yeah. by watching her take a shower? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. See, it's cringy see, that's, too. That's part of my. Point. It's very cringy in comparison. Also, I mean, together with, uh, you know, what you were saying, I think it, it's it's cringy because I'm like, don't, no, she's gonna she's gonna see you, like yeah. run, <laughs> like you're gonna yeah. get caught. Oh, it's just no, it's, but I, no, I got that it was cringy, and this is I'll I'll leave my full take on this after. It's part of my final judgment is that that's so that was. Funny. I don't know that that's that's not funny now. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. That's not that's gross. Like back in the day, you write that that's a laugh and it and it sells. Now you play that yeah. and it's like, who is this old fart? And why is he like peeping toming? Right. New word. Why is he? You know. Why is he? Uh, I can't think of a freaking word. Um, why is he sir? Voyeur, I can't think of it. Uh, um, to do with voyeurism. Well, yeah. Why is he so voyeuristic? Voyeurism's like kind of gross, and like, and he's in the doorway, yeah, full on in the doorway, <laughs> not peeking around the corner. <clears throat> he is in the doorway. Yeah, and, and you're way, right. She's Jay. She's going to see him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just, I mean, obviously, they did that for all of us uh, because because uh, <laughs> if you think about it, I, human behavior. You go to take your shower. 
you shut your bathroom door. It's, even if you're home alone, sure. it's just like a mm-hmm. human behavior. True. So for the most part, mm-hmm. really, you know, it, it just mm-hmm. cuts out a little vulnerability. And then she's just, wow. You know, sure. I mean, I'm surprised there was a curtain. <laughs> <laughs> just water everywhere. <laughs> I'm free as a bird. It's I two mean, in the morning and I just, it's two in the morning. I just got back and I'm here to shower after I have a dinner. I'm going to keep all the doors open. And you know what, Jay? Another thing too on that, that wouldn't be a problem if if the if, with the bathroom door open if she ever locked her front fucking door it, it people just walk in <laughs> all the time well you know this was it's before never locked. this was before the manson family oh wait no that wasn't um, oh, no no no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my uh, god she, yeah well she was well, trusted, what? she trusted every criminal every criminal what, what's 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 not to trust <laughs> i ask you it's time now for final judgment are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch here's the final judgment all right so now it's time for final judgment and we're going to start off uh, with our guest uh ray all right well i i did enjoy the movie like i said i did get lost towards the end but there was probably things happening in my house that were distracting and i'm easily distracted but i did enjoy it not as much as i did when i was a kid and i think it was from all the juvenile pranks which mm-hmm. I can still obviously appreciate now, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy it more when I was a kid. I, I wrote a few things down for the conversation, a few things that I thought just wouldn't play. We talked about a few things already, like the uh, voyeurism just wouldn't play now. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could write the script the way it was. There was uh, a few homophobic terms mm-hmm. throughout the uh, the movie, especially at the uh, uh, the jail, and then a, a few more here and there, which you just wouldn't see today. I don't think you would see anybody wearing Aiden Quinn's hat. I think that is very, very dated. I'm like, what is this? What is this hardened criminal wearing on his head? This is ridiculous. I don't know. If, did he pick that up? Did he steal that from a gas station? I don't remember. I think his buddy. But he had a fedora yeah. on. Yep. He didn't even wear it right. It wasn't even like he wasn't wearing it like Sinatra. Mm-hmm. He was wearing it like Ducky from uh, Pretty in Pink. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't play well right. at all. There was a lot of fat jokes, and we don't talk about fat jokes anymore. We, we don't we don't shame people anymore. So that was a little cringy with the kids in the room, and they were in and out. When I say kids, I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, mm-hmm. and I've been easing up on the movies with the language lately, so mm-hmm. it wasn't that big of a deal. But it's like, ah, oh, that's not nice. Let's not sh- uh, fat shame people. Uh, <laughs> the Suzuki Samurai. Did anyone catch that? Oh, I out? did. What uh, Emily Wetsonez was driving? Yep. That's an 80s classic right Oh, here. yeah. You blow and then, it and it falls over. <laughs> Samurai. Oh, that was such a blast from the past. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what an amazing car. Um, there was the use of a cassette recorder oh, yeah. to listen back to uh, to the tapes, which I found very funny. I wrote down finger and mouth. We already talked about that. <laughs> that- uh, oh, you know what? You know what bothered me? Okay, so it was a comedy. I mean, what what genre would you put this in? The I, two of you. What what what? Like, you had to give it a hard genre. What would it? Be? I would throw it in comedy because of. I mean, look at the poster, the box cover. Uh, it's it's like yeah. two of them under the bed, and you see like a pair of feet. Like you know, it, it's just it's no, cold. it's a leg. It's oh, a yeah. female, elegant female leg. Well, but that's what I so mean. So there are high heels and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, I didn't just mean some random pair of feet. <laughs> no, I know, but no, but there's a difference between a foot 
and a and a stocking <laughs> leg right, and a right, heel. Right, right, yeah. I, I, I just right. meant yeah. I just meant like you could tell it was like you know a goofy comedy just by the fact that they're under a thing, you know, and they're all excited about the fact that there's a lady there. Um, so yeah, absolutely yeah. comedy. Yeah, Chris, what I, do you think? Chris? I, I have to go. That's tough because yeah. it tries to be both, and it's not. So you have to say action comedy, but it's light on the like action. Blockbuster, but, but you got to put it in a where would it be? Blockbuster, it's in the comedy. Okay, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. But it started off almost like Lethal Weapon. It had it had the, the title sequence, had the lettering yep. almost like Lethal Weapon. It was dark. Yep. They were doing the prison breakout. I'm like, wow, I'm, re- I'm in for an action movie here. Mm-hmm. And then it goes right to the comedy up until the, the, uh, the, the chase scene with the cops mm-hmm. and Aiden Quinn, yep. which was a pretty good scene. One thing I noticed, though, the uh, his buddy in the back went right for the windshield with the cops. Yep. Right. And when they pass that car, and he's like, watch this. And he shoots the tire out of the car so that it swerves and gets in the way of the cop. Why didn't he just shoot at the tire, the cop's tire I don't know. to begin with? I mean, it was a perfect shot. He mm-hmm. could have you know, saved a lot of aggravation in court mm-hmm. for not killing a cop <laughs> later on. Yep. I found that very interesting. That was it. So I, I don't know if it holds up. I, I, I love the uh, the interaction between the two. I think they're, I think their characters probably could have done better than the sequel they gave them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is a, this could have been a two, three, four parter. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I think the second one, Rosie O'Donnell was so absurd yeah. that it just never warranted a third. Mm-hmm. But if they had stuck with the original formula, it, you know, same people, the same day shift, mm-hmm. I think they could have made a couple more movies out of this. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, Overall, so was uh, Madeline Stowe in the second? No, I don't think so. No, they went to a um, they went to an island like a where everyone goes and and hooks up with other people, and it was like an S and M island. Really, I don't exactly remember the premise. Well, because oh, that's where it was that, set. I know. Well, I know Rosie O'Donnell was in some other type of film uh, called Exit to Eden, and that was a oh, that's right. Maybe I'm confusing uh, the two. Yeah. It was something along those lines, I believe. Yeah. Uh, they had to go on the stakeout somewhere else on location, okay. but See, overall, it, I, I liked it. Um, it was it was still fun to watch. Oh yeah, all right. Uh, no, my point being, I, the reason I asked about that is I really hate how they always have to write a sequel. When when they write a sequel, the person's either broken up, divorced from this person, the love interest, uh, or, or you know, what I mean, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, she still hasn't returned your stuff, like, and it's like, oh, here we no. go. Like, even though the person's <laughs> no. in it, they have to get back together. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in, in films, yeah. like it's like, you know, yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard and uh, Chris Pratt are, are, you know, they get together in Jurassic World. Yeah. Second movie. Oh, yeah, that was right. tough on you uh, when the two of you were on. T- oh, so now we have to watch them get back together again. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, that yeah. type of shit. They did that subtly. They did that subtly with Die Hard and John McClane and his mm-hmm. wife, Holly. Yep. Every movie they were either together or they were broken up. Yeah. And it became part of the story in the in the background. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's another funny. one. John had to have something going on in his life. Yep. Right. Just got to yeah. shit on John. It's just I, I like, like, yeah. it's like, hard. Like, you, see, you know, throughout this film, you're like, yay, all right, they got together. And then as soon as there's a sequel, oh, shit, they're apart. You know, like, and then you have to watch yeah, them do it again. It's like, <laughs> how about they're already together and there's another problem instead? But anyway. Nah. Right. right. All right. So I, I guess I'll go next. Go ahead. I mean, I, I promise you, I'm not as detailed as, uh, as Ray. He's got like a shitload of stuff going on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how this show works. No, no, that, no, <laughs> you're fine. No, yeah, that's no, great. Great, congrats, man. I just we're a little more loose sometimes. It's like, well, you know, the stuff that uh, 
you know, that happened. So basically, yeah, no. <laughs> I took notes, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny. When I, I, I used to, and then I found that, <laughs> and then it was uh, distract, like I, I, I to sit there with my pen and paper going, uh, you, you know, when you'd go on vacation and you spend the entire vacation behind the viewfinder of the video camera, and then you're like, I, what the fuck yeah. did I do on that vacation? I, I, I filmed everything. <laughs> you know what I mean, like where it's, it's like I didn't experience it as much. So I find I experience them more some times without the pen and paper <laughs> like you know i used I'll, to i'll, I'll, and, I'll and take notes on I'll something i haven't seen it on i mean I'll, I'll i'll dictate some shit <laughs> on my phone but um other than that like I, I found that it was too much like of a distraction sitting there going okay what else, what else should i write you know uh go ahead. so before you guys go i have to correct myself i was probably thinking of that movie something of eden, yeah, yeah, of eden or whatever that was eden or, because uh, the second one Chris and Bill are called upon for their excellent surveillance record to stake out a lakeside home where a mafia trial witness is believed to be heading or already hiding. Unlike their earlier stakeout, this time they're accompanied by Gina Garrett from the DA's office and her pet Rottweiler, Archie, their cover, husband and wife with son Bill. Oh, so that's where the age difference plays. All right. Now... Chris and Rosie O'Donnell are together, yeah. Dreyfus and O'Donnell, and Bill, Emilio Estevez, is their kid. That's the cover. Oh, boy. But, ah. but the reason yeah. that the dog is named Archie is so Rosie O'Donnell can mispronounce the name over and over again, Archie. <laughs> no, there's absolutely is no other way. They, that's why they named that Archie. Archie. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. All right, Jake. Which, which, was, which was funny in 88. That's it. Absolutely. No doubt about it. <laughs> I think it was funny. Right, I, uh, it took a while for that movie to come out. It was like 93, 90, uh, something like yeah. that. It, it was, was it really? Five years later. Yeah. But it's it funny. Sometimes with that distance, people go, what, what about another stakeout? What's, what's, what's stakeout? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. much yeah. different distance. You're like, you know, the, the, the core audience might have already moved on. Okay. So. I, I do want to say that I guess it's a good test for me because I had not seen it since then. I remember liking it, but that's all I remember. And I did enjoy myself, but I think the stuff that doesn't hold up, you know, I mean, stuff we've already mentioned uh, all the all the different problems. We don't need to go over it again in the sense of like, you know, the voyeurism. And I would say those things are strong enough mm -hmm. to say it overall does not for the modern mm -hmm. day, but it doesn't mean nobody could enjoy it. It's just that like those things would probably uh, get in the way. Uh, you know, as far mm -hmm. as the way a lot of modern people, uh, the way modern thinking is. So I would say overall, it does not, even though it was still a fun film. Sure. All right. So it doesn't play to the millennials. No, no, no I would say no. <laughs> no. All right. So my take is, is the following. Again, I love this movie back in the day. I own the VHS. I was looking forward to watching it again and reliving some of those laughs. I can't say I laughed as much. It, to me, it looked like a, a, an old movie. I'm not saying it's not well-written. I'm not saying it's not entertaining. Maybe for somebody that didn't see it, but I did not have as much fun with it as I did now as I did then. I don't know why. I just, I just didn't laugh as much. I saw the stuff that was supposed to be funny. Like I was waiting to burst out laughing at the holy shit moment with Dreyfus in bed, and it just didn't come out. I was just like, oh, I remember, I remember that being funny. I remember saying that to myself a lot. Oh, I remember that. That was funny then. And I just wasn't <laughs> feeling it now. And then not that it wasn't a funny scene. Uh, again, the backup, what you guys are saying, the voyeurism from the start. I mean, just the two guys with the binocular, like on the job right. being voyeuristic. <laughs> oh, I love spying on people. It's great. Oh, I hope she goes in the shower. Like that's kind of gross. Yeah, and was... again, the voyeurism from inside the bathroom is kind of creepy. Again, the fat shaming, I agree with you. That's not, it's not necessary. You can still make jokes about things, but you just can't come out 
nowadays. You can't just blast that. She could be the house line. It's just not going to fly. You find another way around it that's more subtle without trying to affect. Again, I'm not trying to say lose your sense of humor, but yeah, you can't just come out and say that anymore. What I find funny was that movies from the 80s, if you had a cop movie, the chief of police, no one ever listened to the chief of police. Mm. <laughs> it happened in Lethal Weapon. It happens here in this yeah. movie. There's at least two other cop movies where the co- chief of police, look, you're going to do this. And then they fucking ignore him. And then they don't get fired. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how. And this is, these two guys are classic for that. Like the last scene, you know, I hear you're ro- involved with her romantically and they start making out and they go, oh, there goes that Bill Chris again. <laughs> right? Movies. And I don't think, I don't think that plays now. I, I don't think that was a thing back in the eighties. You know, it started with lethal weapon and you just don't see it anymore. Cause it just, it's not that no one really buys that. Like the guy in charge is the guy. Have you guys ever seen the last action hero? Yes. With oh, oh, like yeah. Yeah. Right. So they had the, the chief of police that was stereotypical to that mm-hmm. chief of police right there. The one that would play out in all those action movies. Yeah. But, yeah, you don't see them anymore. No. Even the even the updated uh, Lethal Weapon TV series mm-hmm. had a more sensitive chief sure. who happened to be gay in the, in the show as well. Yeah. So it was a to- it was totally opposite mm-hmm. of the, the tough as nails police chief right. from the past. Tough as nails that nobody listened to. Like they always ignored what no, he's no, no, yeah. That's ridiculous. So anyway, so so my point is that is that I found it entertaining. I didn't like it as much as I used to. Though I don't I don't think it's a bad movie, but there's no way it plays today. There's no way. Hmm. It does not hold up. It doesn't and it kind of looks grimy. And and if I may, the this was number seven. The other six movies of this year of nineteen eighty seven are Beverly Hills Cop two platoon Fatal Attraction, The Untouchables, Three Men and a Baby. Good luck beating that movie. And The Secret of My Success. The Untouchables. Wow. Now look, The Untouchables wait, 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 is wait. a... Um, Secret of My Success, that must have been what, number six? Six, yeah. Because that was not number one. <laughs> no, because I was like... <laughs> very, that, very... You, when you, uh, already, when you said that, it, it almost sounded like, and coming in at number one, I was like, there's zero No, 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 I started with one and went down. <laughs> okay, so what was, My what point was number is one? Three number one is uh, Baby the Hills. Oh, all right. But my point is, that even if you look at The Untouchables, The Untouchables is a beautiful movie to watch. It's very clean. And I know it's different directors, but it's a very clean movie. Like, it looks like this movie, if you compare that to The Untouchables, looks like it was shot through a dirty bar glass. Mm. Whereas this, like, <laughs> like it's Untouchables is pristine. Mm. And so it looks like a, it just looks, uh, it just looks older. I don't know. So it uh, doesn't hold up. That's, that's, that's my final final judgment on that well i think yeah we're mm-hmm. all in agreement on that i mean it's i mean it was still great we all liked it it was fun but mm-hmm. i think it just yeah the older overall uh, there's just too much we there's too much of those things we can't defend <laughs> like, yeah you know, yep, ah, ah, with the fat shaming and the gay shaming ah, <laughs> ah <it's so> funny. <laughs> aiden quinn's hat yeah aiden quinn's, i know let's get to the serious matters aiden quinn's fashion yeah <laughs> all right super and then his Fantastic. James Dean so, uh, cousin. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, yeah. His James yeah, Dean true. cousin, you know, like flipping yeah, the absolutely. cigarette into his mouth. <laughs> no. No, that's right. Yeah. That guy. Oh, um, cool. Well, son found some morals. He's like, shoot the cops. I'm not doing that. You broke me out of jail. Uh, and cops died. Prison guards died. Yeah. But you can't shoot at a cop who's going to kill us. Yeah, all right. That makes sense. Well, that was Stakeout. And uh, well, actually, we're going to be doing, uh, if if the schedule works, we're going to be doing um, Purple Rain next week. And um, yep. yeah. So listen, Ray, 
It was phenomenal having you here. Yeah. Jay and Chris, thank you so much. That was great. so much fun. And I could go on for another hour and a half yeah. about this. Sorry if I kept you guys too long. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, 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 We're that's worried that we like, kept you. That's all good. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, no. No. That's my jam. I love talking about movies. All right, that's super. awesome, man. Ray, just tell us what, again what you're involved in so that Absolutely. we can get the word out. Very simple. New England Legends podcast. New England Legends. Just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. And there are little uh, 10 to 15 minute legends about New England. Jeff Belanger and myself tell you a story. There's production. It's uh, it's a whole thing. And uh, I find it interesting to listen to, but I'm a little biased. Uh, you be the judge. Yeah. Download it. And uh, and then we're on Patreon uh, as well. As you guys know, it takes money uh, to put these things on. So if you go to Patreon, you can find New England Legends and, and help us out. But um, please, uh, yeah, listen to the show and keep listening to these guys because this is a great, great show. Thank That's you fantastic. so much. We man. appreciate that. So, well, all right. Yeah. Question, though. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. I went on to Facebook and you said you were on live uh, talking about uh, possibly some people who were. Oh, uh, yeah. Like it was like people who made your, one of your favorite movies or whatever. Was that a totally separate podcast like uh, that you were doing? Or? Yeah, that's something I do on Friday nights. It's called Ray's Happy Hours. And I, um, I just go on Facebook Live for an hour and I, I talk to people like we're doing on the video side of this. Mm -hmm. And you can watch it on, on my Facebook page. And, and that's it. I had a couple guys on from Cobra Kai. Nobody big. Uh, but I had uh, Martin Cove's son who played – he plays Crease. So I had – he was in one episode. So I talked to him. We talked about Cobra Kai. I had the guy that played Bobby, one of the original Cobra Kai guys on. Uh, and then I, I talked to filmmakers as well. Nice. Um, uh, a couple guys. Yeah, I can't think of names offhand, but uh, there's movies. Arch Enemy. That was uh, Adam Egypt Mortimer. Talked to him. Um, I talked to the Nelms Brothers, who did a great movie this year called Fat Man. And I'm not fat shaming. That's about Santa Claus. Mel Gibson playing Santa Claus. So, I, yeah, I try to find filmmakers because, again, that's what I enjoy talking about. And, and then I talk to a lot of local people, friends, mm -hmm. and, and people that are putting on events, and it's nice. it's all over the place. Awesome! You guys are welcome to come on sometime to talk about the podcast. That'd be great. Let's make that happen. All right, thank you. yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, deal with that. That's cool. Absolutely. Thanks. All right. Um, well, don't thank me. I have five people that watch. So <laughs> I, w I wouldn't be thanking you. <laughs> well, hold on. We might get five more listeners. <laughs> I can dig it. Uh, I'm into it. Everyone can. Every single yeah. one can. So listen, thanks again, cool. man. And uh, yep. Chris, we'll Thank you. see you next week. All right. Yep. Thanks, Jay. Take care. Right. Bye. Cricket, chirp, mouth, movie.